Welcome to the Speak Pack Podcast, where high-performing speakers and the producers who hire them merge to give you the insider secrets to the lucrative speaking industry. Antonia Rose, your podcast host and celebrated speaker agent, unveils insider success strategies. Discover a nexus of thought leaders and bookers maximizing your potential in each and every episode. Your ticket to ultimate speaking success begins right here. Catch the transformative insights waiting for you on the Speak Packed podcast, hosted by the industry powerhouse herself, Antoniette Rose. Welcome back to Speak Packed. I am here today with a top-notch guest who is going to be bringing you a wealth of tips and information. She is not only a top 1% podcaster, she also is podcasting in a language that is not her original language. And I find that so intriguing and so so fascinating that she can rise to the level that she has in a market that may not have been quite as natural to her as, as her native tongue. So really, really love that. She is also an accomplished businesswoman. She is a doctor and she is a recipient of the Leaders Hum Power List of 2023. And that's pretty significant. That is was done for her work in human potential and self-leadership, which of course, for we speakers. We want to reach our human potential so that we can help others reach their human potential. There's much more to say about her. She's an author. She's so much more, which we will unravel as we continue through this conversation. But for right now, we're going to dive right in. And I'm happy to introduce Anna Malikian to you. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here, and I really thank you for this opportunity. You are so welcome, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, Doctor, because I know that you've got a lot going on. But, you know, your whole focus on impact without burnout is intriguing to me, especially that the, the, our listeners that we're speaking to, speaking with today, they're all high achievers. We are in a in a space, in a room together, right? Um, in, in a sense, even though we may not be able to touch and hug each other, we're in the same room together right now, all of us, the audience, you, me. And we high achievers tend to just keep hitting the ground running no matter what, no matter what is trying to stumble us or block us or dissuade us. We're, we just find a way up over around and we just keep running. How do you not how do you still achieve and not lose your edge while caring for yourself in a way that's going to prevent burnout yeah and that is really really core for me because i have been in the other side i think like you were saying all of us even people that don't see themselves as, as high achievers we are in a high achiever society and all the pressures of say we have our families or our groups or our significant others, our pets, our profession. So we have so much thing in the modern life in our plate 
and we are constantly being asked to do more, achieve more. So there is this pressure in our Western world. And for people like me, that by nature, I like to achieve. Uh, I call myself a workaholic by tendency. I, during many, many years, I really believed that for deserving success, I had to work really, really, really hard. The wise was not the merit of getting the rewards of the success. And uh, I did that. <laughs> I like to use the image that I was like the Energizer Bunny. Do you remember the little pink yes, bunny totally. of the battery commercials? That is <laughs> that little drum and the drums and drums and drums and go, 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 go. Outlasting everybody else. That was identify with the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> and I was proud of it. And I know that many people are in the same situation until I had a health crisis that put a big um, moment of pause in my life. I was diagnosed with cancer in 2016, and that was a moment that priorities totally shift, health, and now uh, I'm here seven years later, almost eight years later, healthy and strong. But yes, but made me really rethink at, at um, maybe I think we always have situations in lives that make us rethink. For me, was that uh, at the point in my life that there was an early point in my life and made me realize, okay, if I want to keep creating a positive impact out there, living my purpose making a difference, creating a positive impact. And I know that that is dear to your art. The, we together can really make a difference in this world. And I, that, that is truly my belief and my mission with the, the work that I do. How can I keep doing that with limited, at the time, energy and time? Mm -hmm. I cannot keep cutting my sleep anymore. I have to take care of my health. And was then that I start, so my background is psychology, so since my teens and then my university bachelor, master, and PhD was all in psychology, so I was already in the human potential world, but was around that time I already were tackling into it the, the high-performance world. What we know from the high performance out there that allow us to be in the peak of our achievements, but without being able to sustain that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the thing, if you think that most sports, for instance, I achieving, we, uh, we study a lot of, uh, of the sports where think about Olympic Games think about the world record, a millisecond counts. So the achievement is measured in millisecond. But they know that to be in their high performance when it counts most, they have to train hard, but also give the body time to restore and rebuild. And then train hard, restore and rebuild. Not all the sports work like that, but most of them do. So, or for people in the United States, if they think about American football, the quarterback playing on the game 
the Sunday game or whatever the day of the week nowadays they play, that they play now every day almost. But for that game of that week, they have to be in their A game and they train and they are in the season, but then they have the off season where they restore and recover. So mm-hmm. this is important to see this rhythm that happens so much for that high performance in sports, know how to respect. And then we, in our lives, in our work or an executive in a company, they are almost pressured to be always in their A game without time to breathe, without time to restore, without time to sleep without time sometimes to go to the mental gym and do what they can help them to be in the top of their game. Mm-hmm. So I was reality to myself. So how can I be in the top of my game to make a bigger impact out there that having time to restore, having time to re-energize and not just pushing, 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 but be more in the flow of thy performance. Mm-hmm. And it's a work in progress, but uh, it's amazing when we realize, oh, I slept eight hours, and now in the morning I have this process that I'm following, and I'm getting a ton of things done. Yes. And being aware when we start to uh, get, oh, I have to repeat the same thing two or three times because we are tired. Maybe there is a sign that we should do a break. So that kind of work of knowing ourselves and tapping to our potential, we will find a way of being in the flow of thy performance without overextending ourselves. Mm -hmm. I am so on track with you with a lot of that. Um, If I don't schedule in calibration time every day, and then cal- and a bigger chunk of calibration time every week, and then a bigger chunk of calibration time every month, and then every quarter, right? I find things start coming, coming off kilter. Like things just start irritating things just start happening or just it's not flowing as well. And I do notice when I bring on speakers, as, as everybody who's watching this show uh, knows that I'm a speaker agent. When I bring on speakers, I get big red flags when I'm interviewing a potential speaker that I'm going to represent. If they say, I want seven speaking engagements a month. And I'm thinking if you're going to be flying here and then flying there seven times, and you have a family, you know, you're going to burn out. And I'm in the business of, of having clients that I'm with for hopefully decades. I like the long haul. So that's always a red flag. It doesn't matter to me how maybe already well-known they are and how much I feel like I can market them. What matters to me is that we're in it for the long run together. And that's always a conversation that I have to have if I can see that they're just so gung-ho because we are, I mean, you get passionate about your work and you, I'm with you, workaholic, like I love it. It's not like I'm punishing myself. I really, really love it. But if I don't get my daily walk-in, which this week I've been pretty terrible at it, I feel it. Like my, you're exactly right. My brain isn't firing the way that it should. 
I'm getting like overly focused on the on the minors instead of taking a step back, looking at the whole bigger picture. There's so much to that. And so specifically for speakers, authors, and consultants, do you see a pattern within those kinds of fields of wanting to maybe overpromise, overdeliver? What are what are some of the patterns that you see as a as a doctor and a psychologist? And the thing, let me, I'm going to answer a little, a different angle, and then please bring me back to that angle. You get Because mm-hmm. let's think about author that worked so hard to write the book, and now is publishing, is launching the book, and he wants, or she wants to make a big splash with the book launch, and they get you to help them on that. Yeah. We know that during that book launch, or whatever launch a person is making, you are you are going to have to push it. And you are going to do to have that sprint. And in business, so they say there are certain seasons in certain consultants, depending of the target market that they serve, that maybe is the, the season to really to um, close that engagements that are going to be the, the year-long engagements or the speaker. There are certain seasons that is to do the proposals or to contact the people, there will always be sprints and we have to be realistic with that. The question is, do you have a time to recover? You are pushing that. Don't make it being your new normal because then you burn out. Mm -hmm. Recognize that it's a sprint. Great. But then how are you going to reward yourself for that hard work that you put in and give yourself time to recover. What is your off-season, even if it's a long weekend? But what is your, or you go out for one day or two, but what is your off-moment pause to recover? Ooh, okay. Let's pause right there, because I know you have so much more to give. But back to your analogy of top sports performers, right? If... uh, if a sprinter never stops sprinting, is he going to keep, is he going to stay on top, right? If a, if a football player ever, never stops practicing, never stops getting off the field, is his body going to break down, right? We're no different, even though it might be more intellectual work. Your brain takes most of the energy of your whole body. Uh, really quick, quick story. So my husband was a paint contractor for 40 years and he had a pretty big company. And a very, very physically draining company. I, on the other hand, have a pretty good sized company, but it's a uh, mentally draining, right? I'm not as as physical. I'd love to be, but it's just not the nature of my company. And he would come home, and I would always, you know, we I love the evening walks together. I love to hike, um, and he would be physically ad- ad- exhausted. And I would say, "Well, babe, I'm I'm pretty tired myself." And he'd go, "Well, why are you tired?" <laughs> Why, why are you exhausted? And he didn't understand. But that mental workout all day long is physically as exhausting as, you know, climbing ladders. Uh, I just never quite got that concept across, but it, it truly is. I've done research on how much energy your brain takes in a given day. So even though you may think, oh, I can do this, right? I can just absorb this information over here, get this person what they need over there, deliver 
this consultation or this talk over here and it's all good because I can pace out my time. You have to allow for that mental space, right? I love that mindset zone has become your thing. We're going to talk about your show and your book and those kinds of things a little bit later. And I, I thank you for letting me interject because I so resonate even with your whole analogy, how important it is for the cadence in our lives to be in alignment, right? And, and just let me add one thing there because it's a perfect metaphor that we are using a lot nowadays in the mindset world that is the mental fitness. Like you're saying, a flight of stairs. Imagine that we have to climb four or five flights of stairs, depending on our fitness level, that we arrive to the end of the five, five in the fifth floor and we are out of breath. And we physically, we have to sit down and recover our breath. You cannot ask us more because we don't have more to give. If we are in excellent shape, maybe you arrive to that and we still can be active and doing something. Mentally, it's the same thing. Sometimes we expect the life throw us that lemons or that melons that are the flights of stairs. If we didn't did our work in our mental gym, a small grape can throw us out, of course. It will mm. be a couple of steps. Uh, some people can handle two flights of stairs. Other people can handle the big melon, four or five st- flights of stairs. But everything depends of what we have done to be ready to be able to be resilient in that circumstances. Mm. And we have to see, I think, the metaphor, the image of the mental gym. What are we doing every day to become more mentally well and strong to be in our peak performance? Peak performance. I love you brought in the element or a, a bit earlier about, I don't think you used this word, but you definitely conveyed the idea of, of taking time to celebrate, celebrate your achievements, celebrate the milestones that you've reached, celebrate the fact that you had a successful day, right? Just celebrate that you're breathing, um, but take the time because it's just as vital for your mind, right? Then uh, if there's no reward in the work that we're 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 wired for reward, how, how can you speak to that a little bit deeper? Yeah, and I think this depends from people to people, but the workaholic by nature, we are always it's like the thing about the next thing that we have done in our to-do list. And there is a pleasure in checking things out in our to-do list that is rewarding and I confess that sometimes I add the thing and I check it out. Uh, And at the same time, it's also very common that at the end of the day, we have here in the house for dinner, we don't start with a pray, we start with a gratitude practice. Uh, And we start um, um, when I had my cancer that I was wanting to create a ritual in the family that is still sticking, that I love. Um, and so we start the meal asking, okay, what are you grateful for? What, what um, something of today? And we go around the table with that. And sometimes I confess that arrives to my turn and I'm, because I was working, I work and I usually end at 5.36 o'clock and then he's doing the dinner and then sitting down. I'm so in the 
still in like in that transition phase that I, it's like a blur. Okay, what did I did today? Okay, I know that I did a ton of things, but what do I want to celebrate? But it's like blurry. And I think I like to, at the end of the day, plan the next day when I have that time to, and I try to structure things because then allow me to look to my agenda and almost, and sometimes I even do, and I recommend this, if you are, instead of a to-do list, once in a while, do a done list. Hmm. Write down just a piece of paper or a, a, bo- um, a book or a, that you write down, you finish something you write. So you do your done list and you will be surprised the quantity of things that you have done. Then the question, mm-hmm. if you work in your priorities or not, that is a different question. But most people do a ton of things during their days. Sometimes is that blur at the end because they didn't focus on the strategical things or because they didn't have that time to pause and reflect and readjust during the day. And that is the pain and the opportunity for growth. The pain and the opportunity for growth. Okay, I absolutely love your done list. That, because I'm always looking at what I didn't get done, what I still need to get done. And that doesn't feel rewarding at all. (laughs) Even if there's some check marks in there. But to know, to to shift my focus a bit and look at this is what I have accomplished. This is what I have done. That's brilliant. Honestly, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give that a try. I, cause one thing that I do practice that I have found very powerful, and I could see this supporting that even more is I, you know, we all, hopefully we all have three-year targets where we know where we want to be in the next three years. I will actually write out what my perfect average day in that world is, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it smells like, what what chairs are in the room, you know, whatever it might be. I I actually write out what palpably, right, tangibly, what that feels like to be there already. And um, I, I, I liken the done list to be similar to that. So I'm not so focused on all that I'm behind on because we're all we're all perpetually behind. <laughs> um, but that all that I've achieved is just shifts the focus that bit. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that with us. I love that. And let me one quote that I love is your to-do list always is going to outlive you. Oh, that's <laughs> you never is is it not humanly possible to do everything that you put in a to-do list individually or in a company. And that part of the artist focus on the, the big rocks and letting go of many of the rest. So, and the cell, if we plan out, and I love that you are planning your ideal day. I think that is so important. And so many people are in a, a so, in the mist, in a so thick mist that if you ask them what is their ideal day, they cannot articulate it. And it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes we have to start what you don't want there, like the negative, and then print the positive of it. It's okay. Wherever people are, they are there. It's just a starting point. But it's wonderful when you already are in a place that you can imagine 
that I'll be day and make it real with buffer times because there is always something that happens that we have to create a buffer zone for an emergency, something that pops in that we have to really pay attention and then still don't get us totally out of track and celebrate mm-hmm. when there is a, like a, a that day that, oh, I did everything that I had planned. What are you going to do to celebrate that? And is not more work, please. <laughs> what, how are you going to reward yourself? Enjoy the moment, flavor the moment, because that will re-energize you for the next day. I so echo that. And I also would add to that, that reward your family, reward those who love you as well. Because us, we high achievers and the the audience who we're talking with today are all high achievers or getting their voices out there. They're getting their solutions and their messages out there and their curated IP, right? Then they only got to that place with a lot of hard work, blood, blood, sweat, and tears. And all those who are closest to you and love you have been right there alongside you the whole time. A lot of times their sacrifice has been time with you, or even when they were with you, your mind is maybe on all of these other things. So reward them by being fully present when you're actually with them. And we call them daycations. I know I didn't term the, it's, it's a, it's a term that's coined throughout America, but my husband and I like to have a vacation at least once a week where we go and explore something new, a new park, or if there's a festival, you know, those kinds of things. And so often, Dr. Anna, I will say, oh gosh, you know, I really, oh, if I do that, I'm not going to have time to get these emails answered or, you know, whatever it might be. And it's always, it's never easier. It's always a very conscious choice that not only do I need this, I need this, right? But my husband needs it too. And it's so important. And we could go to the big picture thing at the end of the day when we are in our last breath one day and we are looking back in our life. What are the, it's not the to-do list that we are going to be worried about. We can have Mm -hmm. that kind of big picture perspective. But we, is the, even for us to make a more impact in our work and our day today, really have that time off is so, so important. It's so re-energizing. It's so good for our body, for our soul, and for our relationships that we have to honor that. Uh, we really have to honor our team, home team that is there to support us. And uh, uh, in my opinion, we, it's a quality of time. Okay. If you cannot, if you're really busy, recognize that again, that sprint. Okay. Explain that to everybody involved. But then how are you going to reward yourself and them by giving that quality time to them? Mm-hmm. Full attention, like you are saying. And much like you revive yourself, right? You revive their support in what you're doing. It doesn't become something they resent, but they can fully support. Ah, love, love that. Okay. So 
Dr. Anna, how did you go from this concept, this idea of a podcast called Mindset Zone to skyrocketing it to the top 1%? And there are millions of podcasts out there. So to become a top 1% podcast is not, you can't buy it. You have to earn it. What are some of the things that set you apart, your messaging apart? I mean, these brilliant insights you've just given us I can only imagine, you know, once somebody hears one of your episodes, they're going to they're going to lock in and want to keep keep staying there, but it's attracting them to that very first episode. Well, what are some of the things that you did that helped you skyrocket to that level? There was a lack of is being prepared and be the right time. The right time I start my podcast the Mindset Zone in 2014 when the market was not as crowded as it is today. That is the first thing. But being prepared, I really did my own work to have quality in the recording, even at the time, and I was producing at the time everything together, and there was not the technology that we have today, 10 years later. So I was doing a lot, but I was with a good standard. And when I launched the podcast, I also studied the best way of launch and got the experts to help me. And I really leveraged the um, connection capital that I had built in my professional life and even in my personal life too. So I really, people, I ask people to comment, to write it, to listen, to spread the word about to connect, I connect with other podcasters. So I did all the basic things that we have to do. And at the time I was in number one in the iTunes, in, in all the categories that the podcast was listened, I managed to be in the number one spot during that initial two months launch. Nowadays, it's much more difficult because there are much bigger players on the game with we are, my podcast is an indie, independent podcast, like most podcasts in the coaches, consultants, and the author's world. So, but we still can make a tremendous impact out there. And the, the, the thing for me is if you decide to do a podcast or is to be on the long run on this, to be something that you are passionate about that is related with your business, that you can leverage that way through uh, being out there in terms of visibility. Um, and uh, you can week after week after week put quality content out there. Because even if you never reach the numbers to be in the top 1%, you still can reach the right people. And that is the key. Are, even if it's a small group, are you reaching the people that connect with you? And do not let what the people think, oh, but you are, you don't have your book out yet, or you are not recognizing that area yet, or in my case was my accent. You intuitively uh, will be a podcast audio because my podcast is just audio. With my accent be the right fit for me? And it worked because, and I had improved in these last 10 years, I did a lot of work in improving my pronunciation and to try to speak in a more clear way. And as a speaker, I benefit from that work when I'm on stage. But also 
made me realize that sometimes what can look like a weakness can become a strength mm. because maybe somebody, if I meet somebody in a networking event, maybe they don't remember my name, but it's the one with the accent. Mm-hmm. And the people that I connect, they usually say, oh, she has a lovely accent. And I had to lay to rest that there always are going to be people that is going to be a barrier in the communication. There is always going to be people that will not understand me because of my accent. And but I have to let that go because there are many others that they pay a little bit more attention. They tune in a little bit more because of the accent, and then they can take out much more because of that. Mm, so, so brilliant. So brilliant. Our, we don't want to be vanilla, right? We embrace our differences. Scrappy is the new perfect. And you're, you're, your accent's gorgeous. I don't, I don't have any problem with it. But those who do uh, have an accent who may be conscious about that, embrace it. I love that you said embrace it because embrace your differences. Maybe, I don't know, maybe your, your face was scarred up or maybe, um, maybe you just have a really annoying voice for whatever reason. It's just a tone of voice, right? Uh, I do work with one lady or I've had the privilege of working with her in the past. She's amazing. It's another doctor and she had had throat cancer And she is just this powerhouse of a woman. But her voice is very damaged from what she had gone through. Um, She basically sounds like a man. And so people accuse her of being basically a man, presenting herself as a woman. She's all woman. You know, wherever you are in that fence, I'm not even, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this woman could easily have said, well, I'm ruined. My voice is ruined. My career is ruined. But she didn't. And one of the things that we worked on together that really made her career go to the next level was right when you get out there on stage, face the elephant in the room and just say it. So get a laugh out of it, say it, get it off the table. So that's not in people's heads all the way through and they don't catch a thing that you're saying. Walk out there, start talking and then say, and I know some of you, are thinking I'm a man because of my voice. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm a woman. I had throat cancer and this was the result. But my message is is important enough to me to stand up here imperfect and get my my message out to you. Right? Just face that straight on because if people are going to think it, get it out of the way so they can just Put that aside and hear the actual message. So thank you for opening up that dialogue because that's so important. We always try to hide our flaws. And that makes us like everybody else. It makes us unrelatable to our audience because our audience isn't sitting there feeling perfect and polished, right? even, Even the high achievers that we're speaking with today, we all have our thing, whatever it might be. And that needs to be something memorable, not something hidden. And you said it, right? You know, the woman with the big hair or <laughs> or the woman with the accent. Oh, yes, I know exactly who you're, you're speaking about. Versus if you would have erased your accent, which can be done, which I think would be a shame. Or if I, you know, cut my hair really short because it's just too much. Um, 
I guess we'd have to find another way to be identifiable. <laughs> yes. And it's always, but we have to walk or talk in many ways. For me, it's so important uh, the process of trying to be gentle with myself, with my, and the, the, the embracing who we are. Uh, and so this is part of the process that is not that uh, we don't have things that we can improve, mm-hmm. that we can grow, that we can become better, but we have to be doing in order to become better. Well, I know that you are probably pitched day in and day out, people applying to be guests on your show. How do you pick, because you make some really incredible choices, mm-hmm. how do you weed, in your limited amount of time, weed through the ones, what what application or what approach immediately rises above on your list? So the main thing in my, so I'm, I'm very clear what is my goal in my podcast. And it's a wide goal, an eclectic goal. But in the mindset zone is creating that mental gym that we were speaking about, that mental fitness place where people can go and from the half an hour that the podcast or less that is every episode, they live in the other side with the more expansive view of the world or thinking about whatever is our conversation around, oh, I never thought about this this way. It's like open possibilities. That is the main main thing. I want to have, or my solo episodes or my interviews, in the interviews, conversations that are interesting and that bring different angles that most people didn't thought about and they go, oh, interesting. So that is the filter. And then how I go about getting the guests, a lot is from my network. People that I meet in my professional and personal circle that I find interesting. Oh, that person is great. Or by introductions, authors and speakers usually are great guests. Because an author to write the book or the speaker to make an impact on stage, they have to exactly have to think about their message and what is their big idea that is helping people to see things in a little bit different angle. So that is why authors and speakers usually are so great to match to my podcast. Uh, and of course, yes, I receive a ton of pinches via email. And uh, sometimes if it's a New York Times seller, bestseller, oh, that grabs my attention. Yes. Uh, if they are launching another book, I'm going to give priority to that because it's good for me also to relate with their brand. Sometimes the person that is doing the pitch, they really, I can read because I really read very quickly. But if I feel that is, it's not a template that they are sending to a hundred other people, that mm-hmm. there is some personalization, some thought on it. That is what grabs my attention. And they have to be persistent, even that sometimes to really grab my attention. So that are the things, but has to be a good match. That is the main thing. So what I'm hearing is, number one, they really have to be familiar with your material so that it's authentic, right? I saw your show. I love it. I think yeah, this is In terms of the pitch, yes. If somebody is a PR person doing the pitch, 
go the extra step. Don't just use automation to put another email in my inbox. I have enough email. We'll stay Big turnoff. Yeah, the cut and paste is huge, huge turnoff because if they're going to take that shortcut, then are they really going to bring that next level high value to your audience that you work so hard to create? I do have one big last question I'm going to ask you, but I would first love for you to share how our audience can find Dr. Malikian and how, wh- what are some steps that they can take to get more into the incredible solutions that you bring in mindset? So easiest way. So if you are listening to this in any podcast platform out there, first of all, of course, follow, speak, first of all, and that is giving this platform that I so much appreciate. And after, please go and look for Mindset Zone and follow my podcast, Mindset Zone. I really appreciate following, clicking that subscribe or following button really makes a difference in terms of visibility for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Then, just another, is my, remember my name, and Malikian and .com, my first name, last name, .com, and it's A-N-A, just with one N, Malikian, M-E-L-I-K-I-A-N.com. In my website, you will be informed of what is my focus, what I'm doing at the moment. It will be the best tool, and there will be a place there to subscribe to my newsletter to keep informed. And I'm sure that you are going to put this in the show notes. So if they go to the show notes, they will have the links for this. Yes. You talked about an assessment. Is that something you'd like to talk about? Yes, because you were challenging me. uh, Okay, how can we create a big impact out there? How can we give to the listeners of your show how to take the next step in terms of creating an impact. And uh, my focus is creating that impact while preventing the burnout. And uh, I, if somebody is listening to our conversation until now, the, the towards the end of our conversation, and the, this is really resonating with them, uh, in the show notes, I will give you the link for you to put in the show notes. Um uh, that will be anamalikian.com forward slash, uh, I think, speak pack. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the, uh, that will take them to a place where they can set uh, a call with me. And uh, then I can take them through an assessment, depending on the number of the people will be individual or in small groups, that I will take them to an assessment where allow them to see where they fall into the burnout engaged continuum. Where are they? Uh, are they overextended, almost one step away of burned out? Are what? How can they go more in the optimal engagement zone? Uh, so is a very effective assessment that I work with organizations with that allow us to see where people fall in these zones, burned out, overextended, disengaged, and the optimal engaged. And what are the root causes that are creating those dynamics? The cost of not doing anything. Mm. And what are the main things that you can do to, to feel a difference? 
Okay, that leads perfectly into my final question. And I think it's going to be very closely related. I believe your answer is probably going to be closely related. So in our quest, in our in our corporate quest, right? Your your quest, my request, everybody that's here with us today, um, and then those who are going to be hearing this going forward, we are all in a space, in a career where we are all about impact and hopefully sustainable impact, meaning we are monetizing that work that we're doing to get our solutions, our, our, our ideas, and um, our IP out there globally, hopefully. Yeah. We always end the show with a pact to impact. So what is, what is a challenge, a pact that you want to make with my audience? The pact is let's work together. Is we, like you're saying, let's work together, do the, our individual work that we have to do, but work together to build a culture of work sustainability. We speak mm-hmm. a lot about env- environment sustainability and it's super important. Uh, absolutely. And we also should be speaking, in my opinion, about what is work sustainability that allow us to create a better world in a way that we also can enjoy our life and our work. Oh, okay. Perfect way to close. Work sustainability. So we, we're all about sustainability in the world. We're all about you know sustainability in our finances, whatever it might be. But what about our energy? What about the longevity of this good work that we're putting out there, this good impact that we're putting out there? Taking care of that is just as vital as nourishing your body, right? You need to nourish that energy as well. Before we go, you hadn't yet mentioned your book. And I think that that might be a place where our listeners would like to at least start. Where can they find your book? What's it about? So I have books with chapters on it, but the I'm working still is not out yet, but should be soon out. It's going to be around the name Mindset Zone, like the podcast. And again, the best place is to go to animalikian.com. Uh, at the moment of this recording, if you sign up to my newsletter, you get one of the chapters of the, the book. So you can have a, a preview of what is coming. Nice. I'm, I'm signing up. Okay. So I'll definitely be linking all of those links in the show notes because you have a very beautiful, unusual name. So everybody can get it right and take advantage of that assessment. That's a large gift. Thank you for giving my 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 listeners, that gift. Um, That is precious to be able to spend some time with you and have you look directly into my world and um, give me some warning signs if they're there that I, because I'm too close to it, right? To see each one of us are are in that place. So thank you for sharing your precious time with us today. And I hope you, I hope you'll let me invite you back sometime. Yes, absolutely. It will be my pleasure. Okay, great, great. Ciao, ciao for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Speak Pact podcast. To become a recommended speaker of Antoniet's WPC Speaker Agency, or you are a host or planner looking for a dynamic expert in optimized performance, Antoniet would like to personally meet with you. Secure a time with her at speakerbooker.com. Again, that is speakerbooker.com.
It all begins with a vision, a voice, and a pact to impact. Join the Speak Pact movement by joining our new private Facebook group at the link in our show notes. Find us on nearly every social media platform at One Antoniet. That's number one, A-N-T-O-N-I-E-T-T-E, or simply hashtag SpeakPact.